it's the podcast that is honoured to be your best man. In fact, we're so honoured that we want to be the best man you'll ever have. Will you- no? You still do the other thing? Okay. Well, it's Power Word Roll. Salutations and welcome to this rather morose episode of Power Word Roll. I am Conrad Eden Gray, the Dungeon Master. I am joined by Naomi. Hello! Who is playing. Black! I am joined by Annie. Hello! Who was playing. Dawna? But now you're dead! Mm. Yeah. And I'm joined by Henry. Uh, yeah, hi. Who's playing. Sorry, I'm just organising my paints. <laughs> <laughs> is, 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 is that. I can't tell if you're serious or not. Honestly, why not? At this point. Sure, let's just leave it at that. (laughs) Where last we left off, our party had advanced to Castle Hartwick. Once inside, they had confronted Count von Barov, vampire. Who sucked ass. A loser, a true loser. Unfortunately, though you were triumphant, that a cast as one of your own was slain in battle, as Dorna Braun Anvil had the life drained from her. I don't want to say I blame the buttermancer, but <laughs> I feel like he has but something I kind of, to do with it. I kind of blame. He might have had. Yeah, he, <laughs> it may have been. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, we love the Danger Club, but sometimes they're just they don't come in with Dangerous. the right energy. You know. That's why we have them on so much. All my boys. <laughs> If you're listening, we love you guys. Don't worry. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now uh, we find ourselves a few weeks later. You had transported Dorna's body back home in the cart, handed her over to the coroner, and her, there was a service with her family. And now both you, Glax, and you, Slate, are walking alongside Gorthax and Gertrunda Garn. This is Gorthax Garn, your boss, and also his wife. Now, now you've never seen Gorthax in a sort of suit before, but he's in a suit. He's got a little handkerchief, which he's, he's sort of wiping his brow with. He's, like, dripping wet with sweat, which, considering quite how hairy he is and, like, tall... This isn't a good look for him. Smells like wet dog in here. (laughs) But you're making your way up this sort of grand gravel path with these sort of hedgerows uh, towards the Braun Anvil estate. Here in Daggerford, it's this very sort of pristine, lordly manor in dwarven styles uh, with sort of this fine bronze work on the outside, very sort of lots of right angles, looks almost art deco. And you're sort of pulling up with the company cart, which has been especially cleaned for the occasion. Gertrunda is in her dress with her lipstick on she's wiping a smudge off Gothax's chin and is like, you're gonna be fine. Don't worry. It's gonna be absolutely fine. You've got nothing to worry about. I don't know. I, like, he's the lord of the city and, uh, you know, he's the one with the charter on, on, on where, where the office is and, uh, and, you, and they're sort of going back and forward sort of like, Gothax seems very nervous as you two are sort of sitting in the back of the car as it's sort of chandling along. Don't be nervous, Gothax. It's it's not your fault at all. If, if it's anything, it's it's me and Glax's fault. We're, we're the ones who failed her. <laughs> oh, it's it's really weird seeing uh, Glax, like, crying, because there's, there's no, it's a, you know, lizards, no, no tear ducts. These are not crocodile tears. <laughs> <laughs> These are ethically sourced tears. These are M&S tears. Yeah, <laughs> M&S tears, yeah. 
I, it's very important to me that we know what I'm wearing. So Glax is wearing like a long sleeved like black lace dress with lots of ruffles and like a big veil. Crimson Peak style, but not the heroine, the evil sister, like that kind of dude. <laughs> and what's Slate wearing? He's dressed probably in black suit and tie, but then with no shoes on still, still just the sandals. Classic Slate look. You sort of pull up um, next to sort of other carts. It seems like there's a sort of stables area. You are led in by a few of the serving staff and eventually you make your way down sort of this long corridor with sort of this polished marble. There are busts of uh, various sort of dwarven nobles, you assume, of the, all of the brawn anvil line as braziers with, with uh, uh, these big emboldened flames uh, lighting everything up. I would like to reverentially touch the picture of Uncle and oh, continue bust. to sob. Um, I'm not going to touch his bust because that seems like maybe a consent thing, but I am going to touch his face. <laughs> okay, uh, so you sort of go up to the bust of Uncle and you can see he's standing there quite proudly um, with his, he's got his monocle there. and Slate kind of goes up to Glaxdenis and like puts an arm around uh, arm around them and goes this must be really hard for you um I'm, I'm always here if you need to talk about anything i feel really responsible and it's really been really hard and now like it, i failed to okay. remember the okay. brawn anvil family and i don't know what i'm gonna do i can't go back to the jungle i know how to wear pants now <laughs> <laughs> slate like pats Glax on the back and just leads them away <laughs> like towards uh, you know everything else while while Glax is just like tearing up and ranting. Your footsteps all echo as you make your way down a long corridor. Eventually you reach sort of like this uh, very extravagant mahogany set of doors which are sort of swung open wide automatically as you sort of walk down it and you see at the biggest sort of desk you've ever seen in sort of very lordly fine robes Dorna's father, Lord Lothrar Braunanvil, who's who's got this sort of very pristine beard with ringlets in it that seem to be made of sort of solid gold. He's uh, wearing a sort of like august circlet that looks like it's sort of angular geometric shapes. I have a question. Con- uh, if his name is Lothra, does that mean that he's like D&D's Mothra? Or <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he, just, he destroys cities by flying over them and firing lasers on the regular. That's, what That's actually what happened to El Truel. Uh, you know, some adventuring party oh, might, might say that joke. it was... <laughs> <laughs> Fucking nerds in this podcast. <laughs> I literally have no idea what what that's a reference that was descent, to. That was a reference to our series, Descent into Avernus. Sure. Was it? We okay. all paid enough yeah. attention to remember. Yeah, I was there. Mm. I played yeah, that. Yeah. It's a while ago. <laughs> so uh, the stuff that Conrad says, we just don't fucking <laughs> understand. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. There was like castles and yeah, yeah. a village we've, and shit. We've, I remember we, we burned down the castle of the... Yeah, there was a yeah, caste yeah, yeah. system and people were... Yeah, anyway. <laughs> oh, uh, uh, hello. Uh, you must be... Uh, well, thanks. Glax. Oh, you're back. Yeah, um, he, he insisted on coming along. Um... Uh, yes, hello, Glax. Um, take a seat. I'm so sorry, and I just like lean into him, like as if you know, as if you're leaning into someone's body to be hugged, but the, the hug doesn't happen. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's, like, he's sort of leaning away, all over his shirt. Uh, uh, oh, oh, uh, uh, um, right. So, uh, Glax, he was uh, so young. Yes, she was. Well, um. Uh, Nonetheless, let me, let uh, me offer seat. my uh, sin- sincere apologies. I, I, I'm really sorry that this happened. Yes, you two were her colleagues, correct? Uh, yes, sir. Um, he wasn't well, even a good vampire. <laughs> I don't know what constitutes a good vampire, but uh, trust uh, me, she or she, you, you'll you'd know if you saw him. <laughs> she uh, 
uh, was adamant on pursuing this career path, and um, I don't think it befalls the two of you to uh, uh, explain away things. And I thank you for your condolences. Well, well thank you, sir. That takes a huge weight off of um, our my shoulders. Of course. It's a shame for a noble of this fair city uh, to de- be deceased in such a way. I'm sure we will prevail. If you two wouldn't mind, you you are welcome to go and say your condolences at the family crypt, but um, I must speak with uh, Mr. Garn here. Go ahead. We'll just sit over here. No, Glax, let's... Uh, the crypt, the family crypt, we, we should really go down there and get out the way a little bit. You see Gorthax like turns to you both with the widest eyes you think you've <laughs> yeah, ever like, seen leave, him don't have. Leave, don't leave. I'm gonna <laughs> get he, he is don't leave. sweating more than ever and he, he really doesn't say don't leave but he sort of just very slowly nods. Gorthax has you... been more affected than all of us. He and Donna were so close. I don't think uh, that that he could really manage without our emotional support. And um, I put my hand roll, in Gorthax's. Roll a deception check <laughs> for me, as that is blatantly untrue. <laughs> I rolled a three, um, and I have a minus two, so that's a one. Right. Well, I was I was under the impression that it was more of an employer-employee relationship, and I'm sure he'll be fine. Uh, please listen to your lord's wishes, Glax. Um, and get the do fuck out. Leave my office. <laughs> uh, yeah, Glax, we we better go. And he kind of, and Slate kind of goes and grabs Glax by the arm and just takes them out. Glax, you know that that uh, Lord Braun Anvil was more accepting of your presence based on the fact that both Dorna and Uncle wanted you about. He never yeah, really yeah. liked you going in his office. <laughs> <laughs> I'm well aware of that. I was thinking, you know, when things have sort of blown over i can talk about you know becoming his new heir because obviously dawn is dead (laughs) (laughs) and then one day inheriting the lordship of the city but i feel like it's a bit gauche to do that now yeah it's a bit of a bad time perhaps and as these sort of big mahogany doors close behind you you realize that it's actually with a click of uh, lord bron anvil's fingers um, and then you hear shouting from the other side of the door. Slate looks like shocked at the door, hearing the shouting, and just goes, "Ah, uh, fuck! We, um, yeah, we should really get out of here. Come on, Glax. Uh, which way's the crypt? It's down here. I remember laying Uncle to rest here. Oh God, you're gonna make me start crying again. <laughs> and as the two of you sort of make your way down uh, the corridors, you can see there's serving staff going about the place, all sort of dwarven or human. But eventually, uh, you are led sort of through the back door through sort of some very nice gardens and there's sort of this little mausoleum area made from this sort of dark stone pretty well maintained and there's a sort of stairway down as you walk in you see that the graves themselves are sort of hewn coffins into the stone finely carved out of the stone of the mountain base beneath uh there's sort of like this this rougher ground that uh gives way and and then is turned into this fine craftsmanship um, that dwarves are so known to partake in. Then it's sort of embossed with these, these sort of golds and silvers. It's it's very decadent, but in a way that is very traditional. Uh, and you make your way down and down and down as you advance through the generations as is expected in, in a dwarven mausoleum until eventually you reach where the uh, stone is very roughly mined. And looking to the left and right, you can see that uh, there are spaces for the current generation to be buried. Well, uh, Glax, look at this. This isn't mined very well. You'd, you'd think they'd be better for dwarves, right? <laughs> 
Uh, that was really inappropriate, I'm sorry. Yeah. I think, like, when someone's just died, you just don't really, like, feel like it. You're like, I'll get to it later. <laughs> Wouldn't it make sense that when, you know, the times when there's no one who's died, they came and made the coffins, like, made the spaces to save them the work later? Did that not, like, fill you full of existential dread, carving your own coffin? Well, don't carve your own one just everyone oh, it's else's. like on a rotation basis like yeah. i'll carve yours you'll carve his and he'll carve mine you carve my coffin i'll carve yours <laughs> uh, something like that <laughs> i'm sure that that is a fetish saying somewhere oh god mm. why um, do you have to that cutting cut that we're cutting yeah cut that although i did straight up uh here i was listening to a radio 4 documentary oh, yesterday about why? a cult that were but com- cremating themselves into bricks to build a pyramid. I mean, that's a mood. That that's actually a good thing to do cool. with one's body. The let's all dance around a pyramid made of dead people is, is pretty weird. No, it's fine as long as, like, that's your body and you consent to it. Mm. It's when they start cremating other people at random and turning them into a pyramid that you have problems. <laughs> like, that's, just, that's the beginning of a slippery slope. It's at the point that yeah, they realise they don't yeah. quite have enough members to complete the pyramid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. There's a guy with a hammer just like... He's like, I'll get it one day. <laughs> <laughs> We're in a crypt. So you see, walking along, you can see that there are only, you know, most of them are empty at the moment, but there's the one that is marked as, as Uncle's grave, or at least Glax would know. Um, and of course, Slate can read in, in Dwarvish. And then there's also another one, which looks very recently embossed with the gold and the silver. And it reads, Dorna Braun Anvil. This, this one's hers. Yeah, I went here before for Uncle. It's, it's weird because they put them in a box and like you can't see them. And some part of you just thinks, maybe, maybe they're not in there. Maybe they, maybe they got out and they're somewhere. But, but I can, I can smell them and they're in there and it's not him anymore. He's just, it's just a pile of dust. Already? How long has he been dead? Dwarves live, like, a really long time. Yeah, but, and I mean, he only died not that long ago. How would he already be fully dust? Look, if you want to crack open the coffin and check, you're welcome. But I just, like, if you could trust me on this one, that would be really, like, good for me, emotionally speaking. <laughs> Can we? No, no, okay, yeah, you're right, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> I believe they call that grave robbing. Well, we were allowed down here. If you want to find out what kind of traps they have, no, uh, I trust. I trust. Steal from noblemen. We'll do that afterwards. <laughs> I go over to Dorna's um, hewn coffin, and I touch the stone gently, and I say, "Dorna, I, I wrote you a poem. It's the best I could do, and you did so much for me, and I don't think I'll ever be able to repay that. But this is what I have. There once was a woman called Dorna. She was a relative." But a friend, Mora, now that she's dead, with her body all bled, she's left us all for Lorna. Thank you. <laughs> wow, that was that was really touching, Glax. The poem echoes throughout the hallowed hall. I, uh, I've actually written one as well, but I didn't memorise it. I didn't realise we had to memorise these. Um, sorry about <laughs> that, Dorna. I hope that's not disrespecting your memory or anything. Um... Okay. The ghosts of the dwarves come from the hall. No, Fuck. Slate <laughs> <laughs> so, so like goes in his pockets and he's like takes him like three or four attempts to find it. And it's this scrumpled up piece of paper that he has to like unfold and then squint at and then go up to like a burning torch and to see it properly. Uh, okay, here's here's my attempt, uh, Dorner. I hope if you're hearing this in the other side, you you 
appreciate it and appreciate the meaning behind it. <clears throat> Dorna, so faithful and true. I'm so, so sorry for casting hold person on you. The vampire deceived me. I cried like a banshee when they laid your head down on bam bamboo. No, I don't think I finished this. I'm really sorry. <laughs> you know what? It's a thought that counts. It, it's and factual clearly, as well. Yeah, yeah. My only rhyming choices were Japanese you or bamboo, and I clearly didn't make the right choice. I think choice. you have a really weird rhyming dictionary going on. <laughs> I was just thinking about woods that rhymed. Oh, God. So you're looking at a stone coffin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Slate so looks up and goes, did not think about this. Um, I, I go over to the coffin and I'm like, but you know, I Betsy heard you and I knock twice on the coffin for luck. And Donna, after a long time of darkness, those faded whispering voices, then the humour you found upon becoming deceased, uh, you had wandered through an endless black void. You'd been pacing around as if walking around your mind. And then suddenly, piercing through all of that blackness, are two sudden, sharp sounds. Like fists on stone. You just hear a noise that you've definitely not heard Dornit make before, and... Just you hear a yeah. <coughs> um. Sorry, who's there? Do Donna. The rock lid, as you're sort of peering over, floats up and then smashes against the wall far away. The two of you sort of recoil almost instinctively, and then rising up slowly. Oh God, what have we done? Oh fuck, our palms were so bad. Donna, without without even thinking, you sort of start to lift up out of the coffin. Ah! Yes, it's a Dorna zombie! What? Oh, yes. What? Why am I in a coffin? Because you're, you're dead? Suddenly you slump back down and hid inside the coffin. Um, did, did you just see that as well, Flake? I am so terrified right now, I don't know what I'm seeing. We creep towards the coffin, like Scooby-Doo style, <laughs> and put our hands on the edge and like peer over it together. Uh, hello? Dorna, you see your friends just peering down at you, shocked and aghast. Hello. Ah! <laughs> right, can one of you please explain what's happening? The last thing I remember was a vampire and a lot of pain. Remembering it was a vampire, Dorna kind of reaches for her mouth and feels these new fangs in her mouth that have appeared. Oh, strange. Slate looks up at Glax and just goes, are we seeing a ghost? Glax puts out a finger and just like pokes Dorna in the side of the face. Glax! It seems real. Dorna, I don't, I don't know how to tell you this, but you're supposed to be dead. Uh, I, we both pre prefer it this way, though. Yeah, it's nice <laughs> to see you back, but we have questions. Uh, I mean, so do I. Uh, although, yes, from what I remember about vampires, this, this might be a bit complicated. More complicated than you dying and resurrecting? Because that's pretty complicated well, for me already. That's sort of part of the whole complicated issue, I've got I room suppose. for one more step of complication. Okay, what's the extra step? It appears that I've come back not not entirely alive, but more as a, a, a vampire. Oh, fit. You're one of them now? I th 
I think so. Does that mean you're going to control me? What? No. No, of course not. Does this mean you're going to drink our blood? <gasps> Are you going to kill us? Which, I mean, it's kind of fair because we let you die, but, you know, still. <laughs> Uh, that's certainly not my intention. Okay, well, this is awkward because, as you can see, this is your family crypt. And your dad is upstairs having a memorial service for you, so... Ah, I would assume that turning up to a large gathering, obviously as a vampire, may not be the best plan. Particularly when everyone thinks you are still buried, so... Yeah, they'll probably figure that out much quicker than it took us to. <laughs> That's the real tea. Dorna, what are you going to do? Just go back to life as normal? I don't know. I mean, I know a fair amount about vampires, but there's clearly more details that I definitely need to be familiar with, seeing as I now, well, you know, need to live with it. Okay, so, uh, no crosses, no garlic? Is, is that it? Avoiding stakes through the heart? Yes, the not ideal. Um, I, I, I may now find I need to drink blood sometimes. Bagsy, not me. <laughs> Dorna, you also remember that as a vampire, you cannot go out during the day. Um, and uh, upon uh, dawn, unless uh, you find some kind of solution, you will have to return to this crypt each and every day. I can't be out in sunlight. And indeed... Being in in sunlight means being in this particular coffin. Okay, well, that's going to make our job, like, real difficult with all the travel. Yes. Um, yeah, how's that going to work? Well, I mean, there might be some option out there, I'm sure. You know who would know? Who? Uncle would know. And I touch, like, I touch <laughs> his coffin. And then I'm like, knock, knock. <laughs> Hello? Just in case. Make a religion check for me. <laughs> I got a ten. All right. It's more than I deserve. I'm going to say that was a very high DC, um, <laughs> but no response. I can't it believe was, that D&D's worth... like, well, if you get a natural 20, he just comes back to life. No problems. <laughs> D&D's fucking wild. I'm going to go into my local cemetery and just like knock on all the coffins just in case. After this. <laughs> sounds like how you start the zombie apocalypse. <laughs> Slate like books an arm around Glatz and it's just like, it was worth a try. Um, maybe we should try his study instead. Yes, I seem to remember hearing about vampires who have managed to function in the daylight, but they must need something extra, you know, some sort of artifact or something I'm, to be I'm able to. I thought the answer is in his private library. He had books on all sorts of strange things. Yes. Yeah, good idea, Glax. I can't believe you thought of that. <laughs> Fuck me. <laughs> Let's go. Do you, do, you, do you guys want to head to the library then? Is that the idea? Uh, we have a problem in that Dawn is dead and she's wearing her funerary clothes. Yeah, very fancy, fancy robes. And we have to take her through a house. Can you all roll stealth for me? Well, I was just going to suggest that we do maybe some magics. What magics do you have available? Oh my gosh, I need to remember what I have. I have the magics of this outfit that I don't really need because I can still go around and just my jorts. 
Are they underneath the dress? Yes. <laughs> I'm also going to cast Pass Without Trays. Yeah, yeah that, that, that sounds good. quite helpful. Okay, can you all uh, roll stealth? And Dorna, can you do it with an advantage? Cool. So I got a 27 plus 10. So that's 37. Is that enough? How do you get th- plus 13 to your stealth roll? How? <laughs> Please tell me how. It's a lot of expertise. 17. 17. Ooh. 21. Yeah, except with the pass without a trace, so 31. 31. And uh, Galax is 27. So Slate is actually bringing up the rear using Pass Without a Trace to sort of like uh, keep you guys in the sort of stonework and disguised, which means he's sort of slightly less stealth than the, mm. the two of you, Glax up front and Dorna, who is, you know, sort of sandwiched between two people doing everything possible to keep her uh, under wraps. And eventually all of you uh, reach, on the second floor, uh, Uncle's private library. Unfortunately, though Glax and Dorna don't seem seem to have avoided detection, Slate, as you're sort of hu- and you're hushing them through in, uh, the doorway, you manage to get them around the corner, and then you quickly turn, and you see that there is a small metal cuboid man with sort of like spindly arms and legs and these sort of round glasses who says, Oh, hello. I hate it. What are you doing here? We just went into the library and he's outside it. He's just inside the library. You see in one, in one arm, he's sort of got a pile of books and he doesn't seem to have noticed Glax or Dorna who are down one of the aisles, but he has noticed you, Slate. Yeah. Uh, and then Slate like side eyes to Glax and Dorna and just kind of does a little nudge with his head going like, go on without me, like, go on, go find what we can get. And then he turns back to this this creature and goes, uh, yeah, I just really needed help finding a book. Oh, well. You know, this is the private study of uh, the late Uncle Brawnan. Who's that? Oh, you mean Uncle. I know Uncle. (laughs) Right. You don't look related to the uh, Brawnandles. But uh, yes, was uh, an esteemed uh, expeditionist who uh, took notes on all kinds of arcane uh, happenstances throughout the multiverse. Uh, You see, I am Benjamin, his uh, trusty servant. Oh, Benjamin, can you uh, come here for a sec? He bows and sort of that, and then says, oh, oh, yes. And you can see he's got a little bow tie on. He sort of waddles over to you, places the books down on a little stool and comes up to you. Uh, May I just pick you up for a moment? Uh, You seem a very interesting little creature. Uh, I I would rather you not. Slate's going to pick him up. (laughs) Uh, Oh, what are you doing? Uh, He's just going to toss him out of the door and then close the door. (laughs) (laughs) I, I like the idea that you just like... Like you just drop <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Perfect. You, Perfect. You hear a crash far down the corridor. Wow. You really didn't like Benjamin. No, we didn't. Uh, <laughs> and then you close the door, lock it behind you, and you are inside uh, the Library of Confluence. Phew. That was close, guys. Yeah. We almost had to deal with an annoying side character. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad that we didn't have to and then we'd have to record like this whole bit again because that character was so irritating. <laughs> I literally wow. have no idea what you're wow. talking about. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so vampire. Vampire. Vampire uh, books. Let's go. We go find vampire books. Yes. <laughs> Is it like dewy? Are we looking for teeth? Can you make an investigation check for me, everyone? I got a 17. I got a 13. I got a 15. Okay. <laughs> With advantage. Yep. <laughs> okay. As you guys are sort of searching around, uh, 
Dorna and uh, uh, Slate, you're sort of looking through, you're finding books on vampire lore. You basically learn a lot about how vampires function, sort of their origins, how it's sort of these shady, in the shady darkness, it's definitely something to do uh, with uh, the uh, um, Shadowfell when it was an elemental plane. So uh, Glax goes into his desk and he's like, they're the, they're the plan for this. And there's like a drawer and uncle's got plans for like, if this, then this. And so he's just like, <laughs> vampire, vampire, vampire. Okay, they're like, Frankenstein, no. If ghost, no. If vampire, okay. And there's like vampire instructions <laughs> for what to do if uncle turns into a vampire. And I'm like, ah, perfect. You pull open this book. Uh, it seems to be slightly slick with blood at the bottom. Donna, do you want to lick this off or? Why don't you go ahead and read it for now? Oh, I, I can't read. <laughs> and then I give it to her. <laughs> Dor- takes it um, and makes a point of, like, doing the, like, lick your finger to turn the page thing on every single page. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> um, and as you're sort of licking these just smidgens of blood, eventually, through some research, you find word of a mantle. It discusses how there was once a proud king whose uh, kingdom fell into disrepair after he fell into uh, uh, a group of clergymen who were practicing dark arts and trying to contact strange esoteric powers. Eventually this dominated uh, his entire schedule and he set out to turn his castle into a temple of sorts, after which he contacted these dark powers and was made into one of the first vampires. However, this was before the Shadowfell itself existed as a plane and so he had to try and find a solution to the curse of daylight. So he asked uh, the dark powers ever so kindly to craft him a mantle that would allow him to exist during the day. Oh, please, ever so kindly. (laughs) Please, can I have a mantle? (laughs) But, But unfortunately, the mantle was lost when his domain fell into the Shadowfell, becoming uh, impossible to gain contact with. So all we need to do is travel to the Shadowfell and find this ancient forgotten castle and in the ancient forgotten castle, find the ancient forgotten mantle. That's yeah. just like three things. Yes, that sounds like a good summary. Um, Shadowfell is quite large though, and well, it is a different plane. Wait, if if Uncle was planning for this, maybe he knows or knew whereabouts it was, or or you know, like close to where it was. Glax, you do remember that uh, in Uncle's office there were paintings which he used to step through. You know what would be great? If if he just had, like, a door in his office that we could go through? He used to have these paintings that he walked through all the time. He walked through what? paintings? Never told me about that. I honestly, I don't think he was supposed to have them and I try not to think about where they came from, but <laughs> it's through here, I saw you. And you can see you sort of are led towards the end of the library where there is uncle's study and you open the door into this place that sort of has fine silk straight from the ceiling and uh, a rug from uh, Kalim Shan far off. Uh, there are, uh, there's uh, an almost as impressive desk, but it's sort of slightly subdued for a dwarven nobleman. 
Uh, did you know the thrug from Galamthan? <laughs> how did you know that, Clax? That's incredible. It's a talking rug, and every time you stand on it, it says, This rug is from Galamthan. See? <laughs> and he stands on it, and it's like, This rug is from Galamshan. This, <laughs> this, this rug is property of Galamshan. Brave country. And oh. there's another rug in the bathroom that says, Don't be here when you step on it. So that's good as well. <laughs> <laughs> You see the door to the bathroom just ahead. Um, but also, uh, hanging on all the walls are many different paintings, all depicting different sort of vistas. And there are a few blank paintings as well. It seems like they're behind the desk, there are six sort of main paintings, and then there are sort of supplementary paintings lining the rest of the, uh, the other two walls. Do we just jump in and get on with it? Or I don't think anyone here would, you know... Not to be rude to the uh, to your father, Dorna, but I don't think he'd really notice us going missing. I think he'd like me to go missing. That's sad and true. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't hit it off then. Jeez. He usually just like puts his hand up to it and then like goops his fingers through, and then he just hmm. steps through. No magic word or anything. Um, if there was the one, I wasn't listening. It seems very low security see... for forbidden planar portals, but... Well, I mean, usually he did turn to me and say, don't break anything, so I don't know if those are the magic words or not. We can try it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And so you sort of eye, you're up looking through the different pictures. The ones behind the desk, there's, there's one uh, that uh, is sort of like this beautiful forest vista... Uh, with a with a picturesque mountain behind it, there's uh, one that's like a sort of craggy underground place filled with crystals, and there's a sort of a, a city within there. There's one that's a sort of this glistening city surrounded by a lake of lava. There is one that is just a load of floating islands uh, uh, with a castle in the sky. Bitch, I love floating islands. And then there's finally one that is a barren, dark, mournful landscape. Had to be the Fadowfell, didn't it? Couldn't go somewhere nice for you, could we? Go find the mantle in the plain of fun and sunshine. Yeah, wouldn't too easy. Yeah, the shadows might be helpful for me to before I actually get that mantle, though. <laughs> oh, yeah. Ooh, sorry about that. <laughs> Slate's going to go up to like the one with, with all the rocks and the crystals in it, the cave system in the city, and just be like, mm. ooh, and, and be looking at it. Like, careful not to touch it. Make a history check for me. Uh, 18. You're not entirely sure why. But you feel a strong sense of kinship with this place. You've seen it before. Is there a label anywhere? Like, a, is it named? Plane of Earth. Well, understand, makes sense. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I guess so. Slate's just like ooing and ahhing at the painting. We can take turns, okay? We can go to that next. But I think if we only have so many hours before we have to put this girl back in a coffin. Yes, I, I would rather like to avoid going back in there if I could. Um, okay, as long as we can go here next. Yeah, I'll be fine. And so, Glax, you reach forward your hand into the painting and it goes through. The painting ripples and what do you say? I think we all put our hands up slowly, like, together. And then, like, oh, right. simultaneously we just look at each other and we're just like, Don't, don't break, break anything. anything. You're all whisked away inside the portal. And there we have it. Thanks for playing, guys. So thank you very much for listening, and we'll see you in the next one. Goodbye. Goodbye. See you soon.
you for listening to Power Word Roll. You can find links to all our social media at powerwordroll.co.uk. If you enjoy the show, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Otherwise, a positive review on iTunes is the best way to help us out. But for now, from Conrad, Naomi, Henry and myself, thank you, and we'll see you in the next one. And the coffin knocks back. <laughs> no, I didn't Who's know how we were actually going to go between them. Uh, Who's inside yeah. here? <laughs> Donna, <Hello>. after... Oh. <laughs> Sorry, Conrad, I'll let you go. <laughs> the, the coffin like door opens and it's like, come in. <laughs> it's just a party inside. Uh, <laughs> Loads of dead dwarves like doing the YMCA. The Macarena. This is the point where you say something. Yeah, th- thank you. Gnome <laughs> <laughs> like, is like, Gnome is actually like, can you continue the plot? Fucking idiot. <laughs> I just, I thought you died, like for real. It's behind the mic there. I was like, are you good? You need a hand? Should we call someone? She's gone. You open the coffin, it's actually a dead donor. It's dead Annie, and we're like, wait, fuck. Uh, who's this? <laughs> So you you go can down I, the stairs. Sorry, and... can I be a pain? Can we have just like a thirty second pause? No. Mm-hmm. I want to write a poem. God damn it! Fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly it was like I can't go into the script without one. I need I need like a third rhyme. Borna, Lorna, Warna. Shut up. <laughs> Georgia. I mean that's not a rhyme. Warther. Yeah, you're getting you're getting you're getting further away. Plethora. Plethora. <laughs> Idiot. <laughs> I need I need a rhyme for dead. Head. Head. <laughs> Misread. Capillary bed. Perfect. Shut up. <laughs> Department head. Christ. Venetian red. <laughs> Gingerbread. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> it's like this is the world's worst audiobook. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I've got it. I've got it. Uh, Hold on, I need, to, I need, to, I need to, to quickly do one as well now, sorry. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> I, I'm just putting it out there, I am not preparing a poem. That's okay. Well, it's, bit, we, yeah, we, it's, you your, it's your funeral. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, bef- yeah. Before he died, his last words were, uh, please read this poem that I wrote in two minutes. Please yeah. <laughs> read this poem that I left in my will for such an occasion as I die by vampire bite. <laughs> Oh god, I hate that. Who sucked ass? A loser, a true loser. Who sucked more ass than blood? And uh <laughs> I think maybe we have to That's cut getting that. cut. That's getting cut. <laughs> <laughs>